With your help, we can continue to fight for freedom, reach new audiences, and bring important information to the public free of charge. This is not possible without your generosity. Join our quest for the truth and our freedom and donate today. Simply go to tntradio.live. Interviews, news, and views. This is State of the Nation with Steve Hook and Brian McLean. Today's News Talk, TNT Radio. Yes, this is State of the Nation broadcasting live on today's News Talk. Thank you for joining us for this live broadcast. I'm Brian McLean, live out of Central Texas. I'm joined by Steve Hook off of the Jersey Shore. We do have an interactive chat room over there on the website, so head on over to the TNT website, which is tntradio.live. Big shout-out to Maz and Ruckus, Fubar and Horace, everybody else hanging out over there in that chat room. Thank you for being with us. Uh, also, you're going to want to follow TNT on social media and on the video streaming platforms and, of course, the podcasting platforms. We're on all of them. So we just spoke with Amy Peikoff. Uh, she's the CPO over at BitChute. So, uh, you know, we're, we're up against quite a bit of that visibility filtering. You know, um, Steve, I was looking, you know, I run a, a podcasting network and I was looking a couple of years back at the changes that were being made there and they brought in they brought in this board this certification board and when they brought in this certification board all of a sudden the metrics started to change i noticed very well like my network used to be in the top 10 of their live streaming networks at all times it was always up there the only things that were beating us were basically uh jesus marijuana and aliens <laughs> how are you going to beat jesus <laughs> marijuana and aliens i don't know but as soon as this board came in all of a sudden the metrics started to change and the numbers started to change the way they were calculated started to change um the ad income went down from like 300 dollars a month to 17 dollars a month um, those top live streams were buried in the interface. No, you know, no, no sign of it. And it all became promoted shows, shows that were paying extra to, you know, sponsored, promoted, this sort of thing. Very milk toast sort of uh, podcasting. And then I looked at this board that came along and um, this board is, I don't have the name to hand. This is sort of old experience here. I'm just riffing on, but you know, um, I looked at the, the, the boardroom of this company and there were members of Microsoft, Google, ABC, NBC, CNN, you know, all these kinds of entities. And I couldn't help but yeah. think, you know, my goodness, um, all of a sudden our numbers are tanking and there's this new board involved. And they, they're basically the board um, that podcasting uh, corporations can use to certify their metrics. So why you would bring in a bunch of people from mainstream media who are clearly in competition with citizen journalists, podcasters, live streamers, and independent broadcasters like today's news talk to come in and set the metrics. I mean, that is very shifty in itself, Steve. And that's why I bring up that we really want you to follow us, uh, TNT Radio, um, over on, that's the, that's the handle over there for today's news talk on Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, Gitter, Gab. Yeah, jump on it. Um, all of those. We need you on those. We need you to follow. We need you to comment. I noticed on our YouTube channel, there's a bunch of bots, like foreign bots in there commenting. So it's really going to help us out, TNT, uh, if you get in there and get into that mosh pit. Help us break through those visibility filters that we were just talking about with Amy Peekoff. Yeah, and, you know, 
I mean, you, you get a board that's put together to help. And all of a sudden you realize, oh, wait a minute, these guys all work at Microsoft. These guys all work at Google. Well, there's your sign. You know, I worked in radio for a long, long time before I came on to TNT. Over 40 years, in fact, I was on the air. And I can tell you the, the one thing that you could almost bank on, you could make bank on a station and how good it was going to do if they hired consultants. If they hired consultants, your station was about to crap the bed. Now, I'm not saying that all consultants are this way, but I'm just saying that when you get people to say, what can we do that have, have their own vested interest at stake, you don't often get the results you're looking for. And it sounds like that's what you ran into. Um, but there's no doubt, no doubt in my mind uh, that those people that sit in the sit on the high chairs um, are making the rules when it comes to what happens online. And it's wholly unfair. Uh, and it's also just, it's, it's so, um, you know, for example, we were talking with Amy about hate speech. Well, that's just, you know, that one person's hate, hate speech is, is not another person's hate speech. So it, it depends on who sets the rules. That's why I asked her about regulation, because as much as I, uh, you know, we can kvetch about how much we hate overregulation, and I'm certainly right there with you, when you have no regulation and just say, okay, well, anything goes, then all of a sudden you get people saying, well, maybe I don't like if anything goes. Maybe I'm going to change things around a bit. It might be nice if we just had almost guidelines with what would and what wouldn't. Uh, fly online. It seems to me that free speech is free speech, but that's just me, you know. But I, yeah. I concur with Hesher. Follow us on TNT Radio uh, over on all of the major social platforms. We had Facebook, X, whatever, Gab, Getter, all of them. Uh, and, and, and give us a like on all those platforms. Even if you don't go to those platforms, go to those platforms just to give us a check and a thumbs up. That'll really help us out. Yep, yep, that's right. We appreciate that because today's news talk is under a similar assault. Uh, based on my observations, it certainly looks like that same sort of behavior that uh, the algorithm is putting on my feeds uh, and interactions are also happening at today's news talk. That's my supposition, of course. Now, do you have an upcoming community event, a rally, a march, a festival, or a fundraiser that could use with some free publicity? TNT wants to promote it for you. All you need to do is visit the What's On Events calendar on the TNT website, and you can submit your event details, and we'll get the word out on TNT. Delivering the facts. Source I can trust. Today's News Talk Radio. TNT. Oh, this is going to be fun. In some parts of the country, shoplifting has gotten so bad that retailers are now being forced to lock up socks and underwear behind anti-theft glass cases here with the story joining us once again is tnt news producer adam clark ruckus this is uh pretty amazing to see businesses have to go to these lengths to stop people from stealing but of course you know they're just hungry right they're just hungry they're future doctors and lawyers they're just hungry and apparently lacking underwear no, things are so bad. We have to steal underwear now. Um, you guys, when you were kids, uh, you remember getting like uh, socks and underwear for Christmas, right? And you were like, this sucks. This is the worst yep. Christmas gift ever. Well, <laughs> there are 
full-grown adults right now as I'm speaking, and at least in California's Bay Area, who are missing those days, because otherwise they either have to make an attempt of stealing it or waiting in lines for like 40 minutes as someone comes and gets a key to unlock the underwear from the case. Uh, yeah, this is what they have to do in an effort to deter shoplifters uh, because, you know, punishing them for crime, that, that's that's unheard of. That would never work. Um, yeah, this is wild. Uh, these, these are namely Walmart and Target who have recently caught some attention for doing this. This is just the, the latest items in a long list of things being protected behind glass cases in various ways. Uh, we've seen all sorts of interesting things, but um, clearly thefts have been surging over the past year and stores have been increasingly keeping various items behind lock and key. But that's usually things like electronics, toiletries, maybe like Tide for some reason, toilet paper, maybe, I don't know. Uh, but now shoppers at these stores, Walmart and Target in the Bay Area of California, uh, are reacting uh, quite surprised to see uh, this move by two of America's biggest stores. This is thanks to a report uh, from NBC Bay Area. Uh, everyone's picking up on it now. Uh, a shopper told NBC Bay Area, uh, this is a person named Olga Leon, quote, it comes to the point of how ghetto does it look that they have to lock up the socks or whatever it is that they have under the key, end quote. Um, let's see here. Uh, we've got, you can watch video of this. You just you see underwear. It, this is the craziest. I've never seen underwear and socks locked up before. Uh, <clears throat> one of these reports here from the Daily Mail says that one customer wanting to buy boxer shorts waited 10 minutes for a staff member to come and unlock the case containing them. I'm not sure I would wait 10 minutes to buy boxer shorts. Uh, meanwhile, a wall, and that was at a Target, uh, at a Walmart store in the Hilltop area, who is also locking up underwear, uh, staff said that they over there say they're getting hit by shoplifters every single day. When I worked at retail, you know, it was quite a phenomenon to get hit like, oh, once a month or once every two weeks, every single day. I can't even imagine. Uh, Richmond City Council member Cesar Cepeda told NBC, quote, the cost will go up as residents will have to pay more or they'll have to commute and travel farther to pick up their groceries, to pick up their socks, to pick up their prescriptions. It's really going to be hurting our community, end quote. Um, wow. Uh, obviously, we've been seeing things like Walgreens, uh, CVS, uh, places like that will lock their pricier toiletries inside plastic cages. Uh, but now this, and I guess it's so bad that even California Governor Gavin Newsom is considering doing something about it. Maybe he's just paying lip service, but he said, quote, I'm calling for new legislation to expand criminal penalties for those profiting on retail theft and auto burglaries, end quote. Uh-huh. Yeah. Again, as I intimated earlier, why can't we just prosecute crime that's already on the books and maybe the crime will go down. What do you guys think? Lock them up like, and then unlock the underwear. What do you think, Steve? <laughs> yeah, that's exactly right. I, I was going to say something very similar. I'm going to say I know what needs to be locked up, and it's not the drawers and the socks. Um, this is just this is this is the uh, the, the utopian fantasy pipe dream that progressives live under. They think that. 
if you lock people up for committing crimes, then you're being, I don't know, what? You're being racist? You're being, I don't know. I don't know. The whole thing is so absurd. Uh, I I tell you one thing. I I tell you who's going to be smiling about stuff like this. Jeff Bezos. Because people are going to say, screw it. I'm not going to go wait around for somebody to come unlock my size 32 waist boxers when I can just go on Amazon and order a a 10-pack and get them the next day delivered to my house. And that's what's going to end up happening. They're going to destroy these businesses uh, in the name of being compassionate. They will destroy entire communities in the name of being compassionate. Uh, they should, if you steal a piece of gum, you should be arrested, period. That's the way I see it. Law and order, broken glass window, you know, broken window policy when it comes to stuff like this. If you steal and you get caught, you're going, it, you, it may not go to jail. It may be a misdemeanor theft, like a pair of socks or a pair of boxers. But guess what? That pair of boxers just cost you $1,500 in fines, and now you're on probation. That's what they need to do. They need to get outrageously hard on this and and crack down on it. But being as it's San Francisco, they never will do that. They'll just find a way of writing new legislation. That's what we need, more laws on the books. It's, it's, yeah. it's absurd. Yeah, lock up the criminals and unlock the socks. Set the socks free and unlock the retail theft ring criminals. Um, You guys are right. This is definitely part, I think, one of the, maybe it's a desired side effect. I don't know. Uh, Your mileage may vary on that argument, but uh, it's a push into a great reset. Uh, You're absolutely right, Steve. Bezos is the one that benefits from this. Um, drone deliveries of socks and underwear will become the norm as more and more Walmart shut down. Uh, Walmart will have to compete with, uh, you know, Amazon and, and the likes online. Um, and I, I think back to when this all first started, the first product I saw locked up aside from, you know, electronics that people commonly tried to steal in the, you know, seventies, eighties and nineties was the Sudafed. Remember when the, uh, Sudafrine, uh, Sudafrine used to be one of the um, key ingredients to people that were making methamphetamines, um, and they locked that up. Again, uh, your argument may vary on that. I'll hear any any argument on that one, but a 10-minute wait for boxer shorts? Uh, my goodness, how far we've fallen. And, you know, uh, there's other places that are, are charging um, $996 as the retail price for a pair of socks. And then when someone comes up and shows their credit card that they're actually going to buy it, they get a coupon for, you know, $986 or whatever. Um, so these kind of games that retailers are having to play are hurting them and hurting business and, you know, uh, costs go up. And this idea, okay, first off, you mentioned Richmond, California. I got to tell you, I almost got killed in Richmond, California once going to a metal show there. Got lost, ended up on the wrong side of the tracks, and literally almost got um, fired upon after driving by the same group of homeboys like three times trying to find where we're headed. Uh, If I lived in Richmond even 10 years ago, I would be commuting to pick up supplies or using Amazon. So I can only imagine how bad it is now in certain areas like that, in particular in the Bay Area. And, you know, I'll close with this one. This was mentioned uh, by, I think it was Lozzie in our chat room here. Um, What's next? What are they going to lock up next? Are they going to lock up food? Are they going to lock up 
diapers? Are they going to lock up these sort of things, you know, that are absolutely critical for Americans to uh, go about their pursuit of happiness and freedom? Yeah. Ruckus, anything else on this? Good points. And not only will you have to push a button to have somebody come open the case for you, you have to prove that you are who you say you are with a digital ID and that your credit score is above board before you get that loaf of bread and your underwear. Let my boxers go. That's all I got to say. <laughs> yeah, your credit score slowly turning into your social credit score. But that's a whole nother Pandora's box, which uh, we'll happily lift the lid on next time. Ruckus. Ruckus, thanks for everything here at State of the Nation. We appreciate you so much. Valuable contributor to State of the Nation and to today's news talk right here at TNT. Now, as we move into an election year in US politics at a time when the Western Empire is under attack from within, as if an orchestrated decline is the plan. Whilst at the same time, the rise of BRICS nations represents a rise of a new multipolar order. Institutions that have controlled the world are at last being questioned for their behaviour and their failures. Absolute power corrupts absolutely. And the truth shall set us free. Those two statements sit at opposite ends of the zeitgeist in a world that is filled with death, destruction, deceit, and a wholesale unwillingness to hold anyone in power to account except for anyone who takes power against the ruling elite, of course. And then we have seen how that system works. Weekends with Jason Olborn on today's News Talk TNT. approved a no-knock breach. We want the subject to be on display, doing the walk of shame, full visual impact. Any questions? Are we becoming a police state? Government told American citizens they couldn't go to church on Sunday. For the first time in my life, I'm saying to myself, am I going to get a knock at the door? FBI warrant, come to the door now! The Patriot Act and FISA were used against Donald Trump. These individuals have commissioned the biggest propaganda play in U.S. history. They don't go after the people that rigged the election. They go after the people that want to find out what the hell happened. We don't need to have a crime. What we need is a person to look at. And then we go find out what crime you did. FBI! Our focus is shifting. Our main priority as a bureau is going to be domestic terrorism. It really paints anybody who's right of center. If you're a pro-life, pro-family Catholic, they define you as radical. These are anti-government. We have freedom of religion and freedom of speech. Violent extremists, and they must be dealt with. We can do anything we want. We don't rock, rock. we talk. talk. Today's News Talk, TNT Radio. Oh, come on, we talk and rock. Our next guest is the GOP-endorsed candidate for California District 30's congressional seat. He's from Glendale, California, the beautiful city of Glendale, California, where he's built his life and career. He's an ICU physician by trade. His fiscal conservatism and social moderation guide uh, his perspectives on policy aiming for balance and pragmatism 
over political extremes. And we love the sound of that. He stands firm against the influence of lobbyists. Ditto on that. His mission to reignite the civic spirit with spirit within California communities to encourage more regular people like you and me to get involved, to take part in shaping our future. Let's discuss his campaign right now with him, Dr. Alex Balakian. Welcome to State of the Nation. Um, it's great to see you. Talk to us about what got you motivated to run and where your campaign stands right now. Um, thank you. Thank you for having me. And kudos to getting the pronunciation of my last name correct on the first try. Um, <laughs> so, yes. Uh, <laughs> So Dr. Alex Balekian, uh, so what got me interested in this, I've always had an interest in politics, but for one reason or another, being uh, busy with life, with work, with family, um, just kind of put it on the back burner and just did my civic duty and voted. But for the past, I would say at least 12 years, possibly longer, we all here in California, my family, my neighbors, We've all noticed this gradual decline and a lot of people are waiting for the perfect candidate and we weren't finding it. So I said, you know, I'm going to be that candidate, that middle of the road, moderate candidate that really embodies what my friends and neighbors have on their minds. Well, that's good to hear. I wish you the best of luck, uh, Alex. You. I really do. I mean, you know, the California GOP, that's probably a pretty lonely place these days, I would think. I mean, California has gone so far to the, I mean, they're left of left. I mean, really, but I mean, are you starting to see, and it's, it sounds like you just kind of got fed up with local politics and said, you know what, I'm going to do my civic duty. I'm going to throw my hat into the rain because I don't like what I'm seeing. Is this, is that, is that kind of symptomatic of what's going on in California? I, I hear that large swaths of California are a lot more red than people would believe. But when you got to deal with LA, when you've got to deal with San Francisco, when you've got to deal with San Jose, and you got to deal with these very, very blue cities, it can color the entire state blue. Now, what are you getting? Uh, obviously, you're running, so you feel good about it. But but right. what are you getting from a, a man on the street type talk? What, what, what are people, what's the scuttlebutt in Cali these days? So I'll I'll address several points in that question. So first and foremost, California is a land of immigrants. I am the son of immigrants. Uh, my parents escaped the tumult of the Middle East to come over here. I have a large, you know, family network of cousins, 14 of us. And Glendale is a very large immigrant, Armenian immigrant population. And whether you're in other areas, whether you're Vietnamese or Chinese or Korean immigrant, immigrant populations tend to keep to themselves, tend not to stick their necks out because they just want to fly under the radar. They've escaped whatever tumult it was in their home countries. They just want to be here. They want to be left alone. They want to work hard. They want a better life for their kids. And that's really all they want. So the immigrant value system, number one, home and family above all. Number two, educate the children. Number three, work hard, make something of yourself, leave a legacy for your family, for your community. Those are immigrant values, whether no matter which country you come from. And those have always been just under the surface, but because immigrants tend to be disengaged, keep to themselves, the loud voices, the, the vocal fringe minority, I like to say, those are the ones that have dominated the conversation and the votes. Uh, one of my mentors used to say, the world is run by people who show up. Um, and immigrants with these traditional values tend not to show up because they're busy with their lives. 
So that said, I've always said that California is not a liberal state. California is a libertarian state. And there has always been this value system of rugged individualism, personal responsibility, and the only thing keeping you from being a raging success is how much work you're willing to put into it. So as far as getting in there and representing my my brethren, my friends and neighbors, uh, these sentiments have always been here. Uh, but there are certain issues, for example, the social justice taught in schools, how kids are being indoctrinated, not educated, that's really working people up to a fever pitch. Um, and also now that there's no incumbent for the first time in 22 years for the seat, that is, those are a couple of big reasons why I've decided to go into it. The The movement of currents and the numbers are in my favor. And it's worth mentioning that uh, the incumbent seat was Adam Schiff, correct? Mm -hmm. So correct. Uh, knowing what I know about him, I would think that a lot of your friends and neighbors are looking for a lot of specific changes that that particular politician has ignored mm -hmm. or even worked against in many cases or worked for things that go against what you're talking about here, this core value system of home and family, community, mm -hmm. and hard work, which is clearly under massive attack, particularly in California, New York, a few other states. Now, I'll take your comment on that after a brief headline. We got a headline inbound here. And when we come back, we'll pick up right there with your comments on that on State of the Nation at TNT. TNT Radio News. I have some exciting news. For TNT, this is James O'Neill. Former President Donald Trump has made a resounding comeback. Trump won the Iowa caucus by a massive 30-point lead over the second-place candidate. Last week, two U.S. Navy SEALs were reported missing off Somalia's coast during a mission aimed at intercepting a ship believed to be transporting Iranian weapons to Yemen, controlled by the Houthi group. A tropical cyclone caused heavy flooding and at least one death in Mauritius on Monday as cars were washed away by surges of water in the Indian Ocean Islands' capital city and elsewhere. Globalist agendas, democratic rights at risk, corruption, propaganda, it never stops. For the news and views silenced by the mainstream media, by government and corporations, vote one. TNT Radio. Free speech always has a home here. Stay up to date with the latest live news and current affairs delivered by our lineup of expert commentators and hosts. Listen to TNT Radio anywhere you go. Ask Alexa or Google to play TNT Radio or download the TNT Radio app for free from the App Store or Google Play. Today's news talk. This is TNT Radio. Alex for CA30 is the website get on over there and check it out i've been spending time there this morning he's got a great platform lined up over there and full articles on all of his platform issues that go to the Substack, which is a great setup by the way alex i really like that Thank now you. alex what do you think about what i was saying before that headline there um, we're talking about adam schiff territory here um and you mentioned social justice indoctrination also um this could be a big change with someone like you in that seat, don't you think? Yes, absolutely. I mean, you talked about Adam Schiff. So there are people who um, have been sour or have soured on Adam Schiff. There are the core Republicans um, who saw how he led the impeachment against Donald Trump on evidence that after the fact was found to be completely bogus and fabricated, but he just kept leaning into that, into that line, to those details. 
There are also the reports that, you know, this was December 2019 in January 2020, and he was head of the House Intelligence Committee, and he was getting reports of this new respiratory virus coming out from China, but he did not want his impeachment hearings to be eclipsed. So the fact that he censored or uh, suppressed some of that information, the intelligence information coming from China, just so he wouldn't be um, you know, sidestepped. That's also kind of what has um, uh, caught people's ire. But also from the Armenian standpoint, this district is the largest uh, Armenian population of any House district. 25% of the voters are Armenian, and they have been fiercely loyal to Adam Schiff. Why? Because he's been able to dupe them by saying genocide, genocide, I'll, um, uh, um, you know, say genocide, I will um, make sure that it's said out loud. And so after he got what he wanted, um, and then he was very obviously silent on the ethnic Armenians being cleansed, being um, uprooted from Azerbaijan, you know, Armenians shut down our local freeway to get his attention, but the man was nowhere to be found. Why? Because now he had moved on, he was going for his Senate seat. So there are a lot of people who have soured on Adam Schiff and the legacy. On top of that, you have people uh, you know, independents, moderate Democrats, parents who are faced with the choice of candidates to replace him. You have Anthony Portentino, who wrote the Parent Silencing Act, SB 596, that criminalized parents who spoke up at school board meetings with a misdemeanor $1,000 fine. That man is running. In addition to him, you have Laura Friedman. She wrote a vaccine mandate for the HPV vaccine that would sidestep any parent. This is for all California school girls. She was she was recorded saying, yeah, parents have some rights, but parents don't have all the rights. She said this about parents and their children. Uh, finally, you also have the second run, the first runner up from the last election, uh, a non-binary transgender drag queen named Maybe a Girl. His real name is George Pudlow. But he also got the ire of the parents because he invited and instigated an Antifa um, uh, movement against the Glendale parents who were protesting at the school board about the indoctrination of their kids. And this melee that happened in front of the Glendale school board, uh, that just went, you know, um, around the world. My friends in the UK were actually asking what the heck is going on. So for a multitude of reasons, not only the tarnished legacy that Adam Schiff has left, but also the sideshow of clowns that have stepped up to replace him. For those reasons, again, there are multiple reasons why the numbers and the undercurrents are in our favor. <laughs> You got to win this race, Alex. Good Lord. I mean, the guys you just explained and the gal, I guess, uh, mm. that's, that, that's insane. You know, one thing that you said when you were talking about your Armenian heritage and the Armenian community, uh, in your district that struck me was you said, well, we're all immigrants here. Well, what is their take on what's going on on the southern border, because I assume that your parents came here legally. You were a legalized natural citizen here. I mean, well, a citizen, I guess. Born, well, you were born here, correct? Yeah, I was born here. And actually, so my parents came as refugees from the Middle East. Okay, so they came over here. Um, and then shortly after they came over, you know, uh, Ronald Reagan in 1982 gave amnesty. Back then, there wasn't a good system for immigration. There still isn't a good system for immigration. So one of the things that I've proposed um, as a law that I would introduce when I go into Congress is 
a points-based system. I mean, you know, to get into college, for example, right? Colleges want to recruit the best and the brightest, and they have a combination of your GPA, your SAT scores, and your interview score. So countries like Canada have a points-based system. So I think this country should welcome immigrants in orderly fashion. First order of business is secure our southern border, secure, secure all of our other ports of entry, number one. Number two, um, beef up your ICE presence. There are a lot of people who came in here illegally, and those people need to be identified and deported if they don't pass muster as far as their background. And number three, the points-based immigration system, right? So we should prioritize younger people with skills, job skills. Uh, we should prioritize people who have English fluency, who are, like my parents, going to assimilate into this country or going to raise you know, uh, well-adjusted children. I mean, I say I have 14 cousins. Half of us married non-Armenian people. So we are the model citizens who came here. Our parents came here for the American dream for their kids. Um, so yes, there are a lot of people who came here legally, got their green cards, got their papers, who do not agree with uh, the open southern border, not just from an immigrant standpoint, but also from a domestic safety standpoint, right? These aren't yeah. essential Americans coming here. You know, a lot of these are military aged men coming from the Middle East, right? There were reports of ISIS uh, aligned uh, coyotes bringing in uh, Uzbeki nationals by way of Turkey. The There are some shady characters coming in, and I wouldn't be surprised if sometime in the near future, there isn't this coordinated attack, you know, domestically on our soil that is reminiscent of 9-11, all because all these people came through the southern border. Yeah, mm. I've looked into this, these um, these Turkish flights. I think it's mm. um, the flight. There's a, a infamous flight number uh, tailwing. Mm -hmm. I think it's like TW-800. It goes from Istanbul to Bogota seven uh -huh. days a week, seven days a week, completely full. Anyone who can get to Istanbul can fly to Bogota and then come up in one of these caravans. And and I mean, the numbers are staggering. The most mm. staggering number to me is the 100,000 Americans that we lose annually now due to the fentanyl. Um, mm -hmm. what, kind, what kind of effects are you seeing from the open border policies in, in your area? What are uh, your potential constituents concerned about with this regard? Well, I mean, the luckily for us, Glendale, Glendale Burbank, it's a bedroom community. We I'm not going to say we don't have a problem, um, but it hasn't yet hit us. It hasn't yet hit us. But some of the things that I find concerning. So I'm an intensive care physician. I have had more than I'd liked, more than I care to admit people coming in with unintentional fentanyl overdoses. They think they're taking one thing and it's just laced with fentanyl. Um, so and when I walk by and there are pharmacies, you have over-the-counter Narcan, right? I am a physician. We order Narcan to be given. That is a physician-given medicine, right? We ordered it. Why is it that we have this need for lay people to have access to it? I'm not saying that they shouldn't have access to it, but the problem that was addressed by giving people, lay people, a no-prescription access to Narcan, that problem has to be fixed. And that is, you know, we know all of this is coming from China. We know all the precursors are coming from China. The problem is we are powerless to do anything about it because we are so heavily dependent upon Chinese manufacturing that telling them, hey, you guys don't even allow fentanyl on your own soil, stop, spending, stop sending it here, 
we have no bargaining chips, right? If China suddenly stopped manufacturing our smartphones, our solar panels, our electric car batteries, it would bring this country to its knees. So the fact that we are dependent upon them and then we want them to do us this favor, they're not going to do it. They're not going to do it. Yeah. And, and it's shameful that we're powerless like that. Well, you know, I, I would just say this, Alex, we're powerful. We're powerless to do anything about it in large part because uh, and this is my this is me, not you. Uh, because we have a president that is compromised by China. Mm. And I believe that uh, with every fiber of my being, that that right. man is compromised uh, and is not going to do anything. I was watching a, a, a recent clip from, uh, uh, what's his name? Uh, what's, the, what's the guy's name that has a big, oh, Rogan, Joe Rogan. And he was talking about one of the reasons that that Trump appeals to people is because he talks like them. And one of the mm -hmm. things that Trump said on a uh, on a stump speech was, I'm going to talk to him. I'm going to say, hey, MFers, knock it off or we're going to really make you pay. Now, a lot of people cringe at that and they recoil at that. But that's the kind of stiff talk, tough talk that we need to start having with the Chinese Communist Party. Right. Because while it's true, they can bring us to our knees. By God, we could bring them to their knees as well. Mm -hmm. Uh I just now, as far as the campaign goes, it's going well for you now. Where can we find out? Uh, where can we find out more about your campaign? Because we're about to wrap it up here. So give us the address again, sure. uh, the website, so we can uh, learn more about you and possibly contribute to your cause. Yes. So the website is alex4ca30.com. That's A-L-E-X-F-O-R-C-A-30.com. Uh, we also have a large presence on Instagram and Twitter. So Instagram is uh, alex4ca30 and Twitter is my name, Alex Belekian. We also have a longer form podcast called Enough Talk with Alex Belekian, where we discuss, we take these sound bites and we turn them into 30 minute, 45 minute discussions. Um, yeah, we have now 49 days left until the primary election. And we, when I'm not doing these kinds of interviews, I'm just out there with my team or canvassing, making phone calls. Really the best thing that you can do is help us magnify, amplify our voice. You know, money is important in getting our voice out there and getting, you know, um, you know, media ads, ad buys and stuff. So we really would appreciate people out there donating whatever they could. Again, if you want to see Adam Schiff's seat fall into more conservative hands, I am your person. I am the everyday character, the person who is doing this, the anti-politician who is against corruption, who is for term limits so that we don't get the corrupt Joe Bidens getting up to where they are. There you go. Alex Balakian, best of luck to you. I look forward to, I'm sure I speak for Hesh too. We look forward to having you back on the show and addressing you as Congressman Balakian. Uh, so, thank so thank you very much for giving us some time on State of the Nation. And you are watching State of the Nation on TNT and we'll be back right after this. The challenges our planet's animals are facing sometimes feel a bit heavy. The animals haven't eaten in a day, two days, they haven't drank anything, they're cold, they're dehydrated. As soon as we started our descent, everywhere I could see was mud, just absolutely mud. The country has been long for drought so long, it was like a tinderbox waiting to go up. Okay, very heavy. Each of us wants to be part of the solution, and we can be. Remember that there's good happening right now. At home. All right, we were able to get into your unit, and we have all four of your cats. So, uh... Okay. And around the world. For any animal in any disaster. So let's focus on that, right? Be part of the solution. One rescue at a time. 
searchifa.org forward slash disaster ready. People might tell you that Lyme doesn't kill people, but we are losing people. People disappear from their lives. One of the scariest things that I had to deal with was uh, memory loss. Not just like I don't remember what I did last week, but like I forgot all the words to my own songs. I remember going to my primary care physician and he was like, you are 100% healthy, there's nothing wrong with you. And my response was, that's impossible, I'm dying. I wasn't working. So I had all of these hospital bills and we had to move out of our home and move into my parents' basement. I just wish I could have truly been present in those big moments, you know, when she took her first steps or, you know, her first day of preschool. Lima's such a thief and it goes undetected because no one is looking for it. For more information and prevention tips, go to projectlime.org. Critically analyzing national affairs, this is State of the Nation with Steve Hook and Brian McLean on today's News Talk Radio, TNT. Okay, welcome back to State of the Nation on TNT. Well, yesterday, no shock, President Trump walked away from Iowa with a just an absolute historic win. And uh, it, w- it really wasn't even close. He won by 51 percentage points, which is uh, pretty strong. I think it was 31 points over second place Ron DeSantis uh, at 21%. So that is a historic, historic victory uh, for the caucuses in, in Iowa. Joining us to discuss this and, and everything political going forward is Ashley Hayek. Ashley uh, is the executive director of America First Work. She's also the chief engagement officer uh, at uh, America First Policy Institute, and she has a new book out called Beat the Elites, and we welcome Ashley to the program now. Ashley Hayek, hello, ma'am. How are you? Welcome to the program. I'm great. Thank you. Thank you for having me. Uh, so let's talk about last night. Uh, I-, I was saying at the beginning of the program with with my friend Brian here, I said, watching the media meltdown over the caucus results last night was akin to watching the 202016 election results file in again. They were all over themselves, just losing it. You got J.B. Pritzker out there saying, well, Trump's historic win is actually a sign of his weakness, which uh, I don't even think the audience at MSNBC bought that. Uh, you got Joy Reid saying the only reason Nikki Haley uh, got trounced was because a brown woman can't win in Trump's Republican Party. I mean, these people are off the rails crazy, but what do you make of the win and where do, and how do you think it's going to uh, translate in as we move on to next Tuesday into New Hampshire? Yeah, this is something I've been looking at for a while. And if you look at just the state of the race um, in Iowa, specifically going back a few weeks when Trump was polling massively ahead of all of the other candidates. I've said from the beginning that statistically, mathematically, there is really no way for another candidate to break through and overcome the incredible movement that President Trump has built. You know, Ron DeSantis had uh, Kim Reynolds endorsement. He had gone to all of the counties. um, And between Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley, they had spent over $215 million combined uh, trying to come in a very, very distant second place. And so I think that kind of says it all, like the power of the movement, it's really behind Donald Trump at this point. And I just don't see any other path for anybody else to, to move forward. And if you think about it, too, if Vivek Ramswamy hadn't been running, uh, President Trump's margin would be even greater than it was. 
Um, he, there's not been another Republican nominee that has has gotten this big of a margin since I think the last one was 13% or 12.8% uh, decades ago. So it just goes to show you the power behind uh, President Trump and that he truly is the leader of this party. And quite frankly, you know, the, the other closest candidate you could maybe argue would be a DeSantis. But why would you want to have second best when the when the number one thing is on the ballot, right? Like we know that Donald Trump is tried and true and tested. Um, despite the fact he's had multiple indictments, despite the fact that they've gone after him with Russian collusion or all of the, the garbage, he's able to withstand that. He's able to continue to fundraise. And there's literally nothing like uh, this candidate that we've seen. So it's pretty impressive. And I think we're just going to see him continue to build on that momentum. Yeah, Ashley, I noticed that 66% of the people polled think that Trump won the 2020 election. And I would argue that that uh, same 66% and probably even more um, fully understand the grift of Russia Gate and um, all the other insane things to include the, the, the current indictments. Um, what do you think that means for the Republican Party or maybe more importantly, what do you think it means for the Democratic National Party that so many people have come around and are looking in hindsight and saying, wait a minute, that that election was not above board. I mean, that, that's got to be a huge factor in, in Trump's popularity right now. Right. Well, first of all, remember that in presidential primaries, it is more often uh, more conservative voters and politically savvy people that are paying attention more to the issues. Right. So they're the ones that have been following um, all of the hoaxes, all like the back and forth. And so they're I would say probably more knowledgeable voters just in general. They're not, they're the more frequent voters. Um, I also think this says a lot about uh, people's uh, impression of Ron DeSantis and Nikki Haley. Um, part of this is number one, the fact that you had um, Ron DeSantis who was endorsed by President Trump and that's how he became governor of Florida. People don't forget that. And you also had Nikki Haley who said, I'm not going to run against Donald Trump. I'm just not interested in running. And then she flip-flopped. And she's flip-flopped on a lot of other issues. And voters don't forget that. Conservative voters do not forget that. So I think that that's going to have a huge impact moving forward. The other piece as it pertains to the Democrat Party is we're going to continue to hear how, um, you know, the Republicans and conservatives are a threat to democracy. And that's quite frankly, just not the case. Um, they want to take, the left wants to take democracy and hijack that from conservatives when really, we're the ones who believe in, you know, the right for people to vote and have integrity in our elections. We're the ones who believe that if you commit a, a crime, you should be punished for the crime, not bailed out like the left did on uh, during the summer of 2020 when they were defacing our monuments. So we're the ones who believe that, you know, girls should compete in girls sports and boys should compete in boys sports. So I think this is an amazing opportunity for us to draw a very clear and distinct contrast between the radical left and the true believers in our republic, and that's the conservatives in America First Movement. Yeah, and Ashley, I would I would echo your sentiments a thousandfold. I would also say that I think what's happening is, and and Hesher men, mentioned hindsight, and of course hindsight being twenty twenty. I think a lot of conservatives have known all along that Trump was their guy, uh, and it nobody it doesn't matter who it was. They were they were never going to overcome this wall, this MAGA wall of support that president Trump, uh, as, uh, has garnered. 
but I also think that there's some moderates and maybe some suburban women who are, and that's important, who are waking up and saying, man, I tell you what, in retrospect, everything they've thrown at this man, he has kind of shrugged off and he's still running an outrageously strong campaign. And not only that, I can't quite make ends meet. Uh, you know, Taco Tuesday is now tuna casserole Tuesday. Um, I can't drive my car as far as I want to. I can't. So, I mean, it'd be one thing if they if they BSed about Trump and then did a wonderful job and made everybody forget Trump, but they didn't. They BSed about Trump and then they locked up Trump supporters and then they called half the nation Nazis. And then they said, if you're not with us, you're against us, basically barring a line from Bush on that and that we are a threat to democracy. And I think that a lot of moderates are waking up and saying, this just doesn't feel right. Now, of course, we know New Hampshire it's like Paris, France. They're contrarians there. But he has a big lead in New Hampshire. Do you suspect that this Iowa raucous caucus is going to carry over and his numbers are going to be huge in New Hampshire as well? Yeah, I really do. And I think we'll see likely the same in South Carolina as well. And you make a really good point. It's the suburban women. It's Hispanic voters. It's Asian Americans. Um, it's all of these different groups. You know, Joy Reid, the irony is not lost on me that she was say, she was blaming white Christians for the support of Donald Trump. Well, you know what? Joe Biden was the one who decided to give South Carolina uh, the to grant them, to privilege them with being the first state as opposed to New Hampshire um, for the Democrat primary. If, if you remember, he said he was going to reward them for turning out for him in 2020. And unfortunately, how it's looking is the Democrat Party is losing Black American voters left and right. And it's because they are targeting their political opponent. It's because they are taking away opportunity, economic opportunity and prosperity. It's because they are doing, they're trying to trans our kids and uh, permanently alter their gender and sterilize our children. Um, and all of these radical ideo ideologies of the left, it's completely eroding their base. And anybody who has common sense is going to say like, wait a minute, this is not what I signed up for. I signed up for equality. I signed up for opportunity. I didn't sign up for, you know, my parental rights being taken away. And you're absolutely right. That suburban mom or even that single mom who has to get formula. If you remember in uh, 2022, there was a formula shortage and they were sending formula to the border and moms, I had a newborn baby at the time. It was impossible trying to get formula. And that's a direct result of this administration and those failures. You're seeing fentanyl overdoses left and right. You saw Jelly Roll testify at Congress. Um, and, and these are things that we keep hearing over and over. And that's why you see the movement getting bigger and bigger, pushing back against the establishment. Um, and this is something that just has to happen. So I think Joy Reid needs to probably check herself before she starts talking about racial issues, because she has a major issue with Black Americans, Hispanic Americans, Asian Americans leaving in droves the, the Democrat Party. Yeah, I don't think they've realized, you know, just to underscore, Ashley, what, what both you and Steve said, when when they start targeting America first people, um, after a certain amount of time, um, people from the center right, center left, libertarian, independent, and what I like to call DGAF voters, <laughs> they realize that's them. They realize that's them. They say, wait a minute, I thought I was center left. Uh, and all of a sudden I have to change my my worldview to still be considered a Democrat. I mean, people have literally been walking away from that party in droves for seven years now. 
and it feels like it's reached a fevered pitch at this point. What, what do you think about that? I mean, the demographics are clearly shifting. Yeah, they're definitely shifting. And I think what you're seeing is um, leadership of radical Democrats. And let's be clear, the Democrats in power are unified behind this extreme agenda. It's not that there's one particular group of Democrats that's kind of on the fence. They are all united. You look at uh, Senator Sinema in Arizona. She is voting with Joe Biden nearly, if not 100% of the time. So for her to say she's a moderate is completely a lie. They are very much unified behind the extreme agenda. And they've indicated that they, they've indicted Donald Trump. They're trying to keep him tied up in the courts. They're trying to keep him off of the ballot. That is a threat to democracy. Um, they've obviously been successful, unsuccessful to date, which is you know very, very fortunate. However, in the meantime, they've already dismantled the entire America First agenda. And we just talked about some of the policies. So whether it's the border policy, um, whether it's, you know, our religious liberty, they have all of these policies that they have completely dismantled, but yet they have separate rules for themselves, um, which is, I think, what's really bothering people. And parents especially need to remember, they were the ones that wanted to keep your kids out of school. They're the ones that wanted to make sure that your child was masked and vaccinated and trans against your will. Um, all of the border, they want to open up our border, uh, but they don't want them to be in their homes. They want them in your homes. Um, they haven't even addressed the fentanyl crisis at all. So I just think that anybody who has any sort of common senses can clearly see, look what happened in our, on October 7th uh, when Israel was attacked. And then you literally have an administration who has now hundreds of people walking out because he has such an unclear uh, policy when it comes to our support for Israel um, or Palestine. And I mean, really, it's kind of complete chaos over there. <laughs> it's not kind of complete chaos. It's complete chaos. That's true. Um, yeah. 100%. So, so uh, I, I don't think that I don't think that James Clyburn is going to be able to help Joe Biden in South Carolina this time around. And I don't think that uh, I, I don't think that J.B. Pritzker is going to help uh, Joe Biden this time around, uh, mainly because of two words you just said, Ashley, common sense. People are waking up to it. Uh, people see it. I think if anything, this Trump train is going to get longer and bigger as it goes. Uh, whether you like the man or not, there's no, you can't argue with results. And that's what they're trying to argue. They are projection artists over there on that side of the aisle. As they tell every, as they tell all of us that we're extreme MAGA Republicans, uh, they are taking the most extreme views possible on almost every single issue. Let me ask you this, Ashley, before we let you go, because we only got about a minute and a half. Um, if Trump goes in and pulls out a, say, 10 to 12 point margin of victory in New Hampshire, how long do you think it's going to be before DeSantis and Nikki Haley decide to pack it in uh, and rally or uh, rally the troops around Trump? Yeah, I think we'll definitely have a decision by Super Tuesday. So what's interesting to me is that DeSantis was all in on Iowa. That was the strategy. He was going to win Iowa. That didn't happen. Um, his remarks were that he sounded like he had won, which was a little bit odd. Um, so I would imagine that since Florida is in its legislative session, he should probably go back to governing Florida, which he did so well the last legislative session. Um, and stick to that Florida policy and then start moving forward and helping, you know, rebuild the America First movement and directing his supporters um, the way that they should. And South Carolina, unfortunately, is probably going to be very embarrassing for Nikki Haley, um, given the numbers. And by the way, I'm not speaking to this from, you know, a favorite. This is just pure fact. Look at the numbers. 
you know, look at the projections, look at the polling, it is very clear like Nikki Haley's gonna lose her home state. And I don't think she wants to have her own Kamala Harris moment, moment where Kamala Harris lost California and then had to you know, run off with her tail between her legs. I think Nikki Haley needs to rethink that before we get to South Carolina. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, Ashley, 100%. Beatthelites.com is where you can pick up Ashley's book by that name. Ashley Hayek, thank you so much for joining us here. We'll look forward to having you back on State of the Nation. And stay tuned for the Misty Winston Show coming up next right here on today's News Talk.